Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Big subjects, big opinions. On mornings with Ian Smith, but Steffi in the chair today. Uh, we're going to cover a few things off with uh, the great man Andrew Gordy and uh, Jamie Moore, who just fell off the phone box. So uh, I'll welcome in uh, Gordy, though. Andrew, very good morning. Morning to you, Steph. How are you, mate? I'm good. I, I wanted to talk to you guys, first of all, about um, the Hellbergs last night. I think it's the first Hellbergs... I wasn't shocked by any of the decisions. It seems to have been quite widely accepted that the right winners won. Is that how you view it? Yeah, I've got to say, uh, well, in terms of sportsman, sportswoman, team of the year, coach of the year, and the Supreme Award winner, they were they were all my personal picks. I uh, still have a gripe that James McDonald wasn't included as one of the finalists for the sportsman of the year. But anyway, that's a Another gripe for another day, which I've already aired on this program anyway, so I don't need to go on about it anymore. Um, but no, the right person uh, won Sportsman of the Year and and all the other categories. Delighted to see Zoe Sadowski Sinek get the uh, Supreme Award. I did sort of have a funny feeling that perhaps the Black Ferns might have uh, might have got that award purely just on the, I suppose, the wave of public sentiment that came with with their World Cup win uh, and everything and everything around that, I suppose it was a it was a, they were obviously very popular winners on the night for Team of the War uh, Team of the Year Coach of the Year with the Wayne Smith and obviously uh, the Sporting Moment of the Year, which I also completely agree with. Uh, Joan and Yan Wu, I think uh, you know they should uh, they should have that moment immortalised in bronze outside Eden Park to yes. coincide with the awarding of her Damehood, in my in my humble opinion. But um, no, I think by and large the Hellbergs. Uh, the Hellberg Judging Committee got it right this time. Yeah, the only one I had a slight question mark, like if I was on the Judging Committee, I might have plumped for Aaron Gate. I just think four gold medals on track and then on road, and the way he won that road gold was phenomenal. But is it because it's Commonwealth versus Olympic that maybe have gone against them? It's as simple as that, mate. It is as simple as that. And and look, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, and look, the efforts of Aaron Gates at the Commonwealth Games were utterly phenomenal. I mean, to win four gold medals is just absurd. Um, but you are winning medals at a lower standard of competition. And, you know, if it weren't for the historic and utterly mind-boggling feats of Zoe sadowski Senate we would probably be talking about Nico Porteous being the Supreme uh, Award winner this time around. You know, uh, I think we, because, because we go, we have a recency bias, we all do, mm. and we kind of forget that how, just how incredible that Winter Olympic Games was for New Zealand. You know, for a nation that, obviously, you know, we're, we, we're, we've, got our, we've got our mountains, obviously, we, you know, we've got, uh, you know, the wonderful um, playground that is, that is Queenstown, and so we have a, a, a huge snow sports um, a sort of a, a connection to snow sports, I suppose, would be the way to put it, um, as Kiwis. But I don't think that's always um, equaled success on the world stage. But now we've got two utterly outstanding young athletes um, who have demonstrated that they are the very best in the world and they just happen to both come at once, um, which is a little unfortunate, perhaps, for Nico because... Uh, Zoe, with her efforts, you know, be- becoming the first person to win an Olympic gold medal, uh, winter Olympic gold medal, and then to pick up a silver as well. Just just quite an incredible performance. And I, and I think it's easy to forget, just because it was, you know, it was many months ago now, just what an incredible achievement that was. So, no, I was, I was personally satisfied to see 
Nico scoop the uh, the sportsman award ahead of Aaron Gate. Yeah, the the alarming thing, and I don't I don't want to sound mean, but it's almost sports girl and sports boy of the year. They barely got their training wheels of life off off themselves, and I think it's it's just so encouraging for our youth of New Zealand to have um, such young. They are adults um, winning our supreme awards, uh, walking away with gongs, and then, and then, as you say, Zoe, who is very, very young. It just seems a little bit more achievable now for our 14, 15 year olds that they're not far away from the pinnacle. For me, that was my big takeaway. Yeah, mate, you're absolutely right. And, and look, that, that, um, the appeal to youth is an enormous um, facing all sports, frankly. It is a problem facing all sports and not least rugby. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a completely separate question. I think you can apply to things like the appointment of the next All Blacks coach and you know what perhaps New Zealand rugby should be prioritising when it comes to the appointment of the next All Blacks coach. I think you know sort of vaguely where I'm heading with that. Yeah, I think for, for people to see that, you know, uh, what are they, 20, 21-year-olds are winning the Helberg Sportsman and of the year mm. is brilliant for snow sports. It is brilliant for all sports across the board, but it's also really important for the Halberg Awards, I think. You know, I, I, I've, I mean, I've been an open critic uh, of these awards and the way they are judged, a massive supporter of the Halberg Foundation that they do. But these awards have been deeply flawed for many years. The judging has, has not been uh, particularly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's been fair. I think it's been biased from time to time. But in recent years, we've seen people like Israel Adesanya and now Nico Porteous and, and Zoe uh, breathing a, a, a breath of fresh air, I suppose, into what have been a very good evening. Um, you know, I don't mind dropping F-bomb here and there. I just think it's sort of... It's bringing it into the 21st century, which is what, what the Halberg Awards desperately needed. Um, and I think it's great to see different sports getting recognised. Was, it was, was track and field, um, you know, and that's nothing to take away from those athletes. I mean, they, they fully deserved it, but they did become largely predictable, I think, the, the Halberg Awards from, from year to year. And essentially you knew that, you know, in an Olympic cycle, you pretty much knew who was... A scoop the major awards, it was either going to be sort of Dame Val or, or perhaps one of the rowers. Um, and in between times, every second year, it was probably going to be either a Commonwealth athlete or perhaps, you know, a World Cup winner or something like that. But it's nice to see these other sports, you know, USC for Israel Adesanya, snow sports um, with, with Zoe and Nico, uh, getting that recognition at the top level. And, and like you say, the impact that that has on the youth of, of this country and their their desire, I suppose, to stick with the sports that they're participating in to, to show them that, they, you know, if they stick at it, um, there, are, there are different options outside of, you know, your traditional rugby, football, netball, cricket sort of sports um, that you can succeed in and get recognition at the very highest level. Bang on. We've managed to get a hold of Jamie Wall. He joins us now. Jamie, we've been thrashing the Halbergs. I offered that maybe Aaron Gate might have squeezed in, but Commonwealth versus Olympic didn't quite get it for him. Just your summation of the award winners. Were you were you comfortable with everything that transpired last night? Yeah, morning, guys. Uh, oh, pretty hard to follow up on what uh, Gord's just uh, 
Uh, Sid there, he's kind of said it all, really. Um, and sorry, mate. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that I think that it was largely predictable, given um, that you know gold medal winners generally just go on to win, especially in individual competitions, generally go on to win um, the Helberg Awards. Uh, I don't think there's much um, complaints about Zoe and Nico uh, picking up awards. And like like Andrew said, it, it is great to see young people in in interesting sports uh, like that, that that younger people are just generally interested in um, picking up stuff and being recognised by, I guess, what you could say, the establishment. Um, at the same time, though, the Blackburn success still does show that, and and you mentioned there, Andrew, that you know that you have alternative sports, and it doesn't show that rugby and and whatever is is always going to win everything. But it does still show just what a hold rugby does have on on not only the public, but the media as well. Um, and the fact that uh, the Black Ferns World Cup success was such a big deal. Um, you know, it's played in the same sport on the same stage as the All Blacks do. And it just goes to show that um, there is really daylight between rugby and everything else when it t- when it comes to coverage um, in this country. And, you know, that's kind of fair enough, I guess. Uh, and so that's why they, they, they won that. And um, it was cool to see Wayne Smith um, picking up that award. Uh, uh, Getting winning some silverware that kind of closes the ch- uh, yet another chapter on on the Black Ferns, I think, uh, and and it sets a kind of a th- uh, theme now to a challenge, I guess, to to NZ Rugby as to what happens next with with uh, women's rugby and how can you build on the success. So, so yeah, I think it was a fitting way to kind of close out um, what's been a really uh, tumultuous uh, last eighteen months or so for women's rugby in New Zealand. Right, we'll get Andrew Gordy, Jamie Wall just to hang on there for news. We're going to come back after news. We're going to touch on the Black Caps, the, new, the law changes in Super Rugby, and the Breakers. So all of that with the panel after the news. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yes, and we return. I can just hear, I've just had confirmed just after 11, we will have Sarah Hidden live on the show from the airport, but it'll be great to catch up. A couple of awards for her last night as well. But, gentlemen, Andrew Gordy, Jamie Wall, Jamie, the Black Caps, um, so much weather around. It's going to be a little bit of a, um, a scratchy, I think. The, the wicket, we don't know what it's going to do till that first ball gets bowled. Pink ball test, green block. Are you excited? Oh, yeah, absolutely excited. I mean, this has kind of flown under my radar a little bit, just given the, the scarcity of um, cricket being played and, and you know, uh, international cricket being played in New Zealand this summer. And then that coupled with the fact that we haven't even really had a summer up in, in these parts. Uh, doesn't doesn't really feel like cricket season at all. So to sort of discover this week that, oh, well, that's right, there's a cricket season starting. Um, I mean, the fact that it's actually starting on time um, is a real testament to the ground staff. Um, well done to them for getting it, getting the pitch block ready. Yeah, it's going to be a green wicket. It's, it, to be fair, it's always a green wicket um, and, yeah, at a home test in New Zealand. Um, that, that's worth about, I reckon, five wickets like straight away for any black cap side, just because batters get freaked out even just looking at it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that... Given England's form in pink ball tests, I think, if I remember correctly, I think they've lost five out of the six that they've played. That will definitely play into what is already a kind of significant home ground advantage for the Black Caps. But in saying that, um, the English obviously do have a very, very potent way of um, uh, dealing with uh, New Zealand conditions, which is their coach, who's going to tell them that 
that you know obviously it's just it just looks green. It's still going to play like uh, a wicket um, that you'll find uh, in, in in England um, because that would be probably the one place that has the most similar conditions um, to New Zealand. So I, I would probably back England, given that the the Black Caps are going in you know significantly under strength. Um, into this one and still haven't really finalised what you'd call like a really solid um, starting 11 and it's just a shame that the Trent Bolt situation um, has kind of overshadowed that that selection talk uh, because I feel like he'd be pretty handy right now Yeah, I do too Um, Gords um, as a cricket fan I say be damned your politics your precedents, your procedures give us our best players against the best cricket team Test cricket team in the world at the moment on his home patch with a pink ball, best left armour in the world. He'll be sitting in the stands watching. I, I just can't get my head around not Trent Bolt playing. Yeah, look, and I'm glad you brought this up because we had a, I sort of tried to <laughs> play devil's advocate here. Like I'm with you as a, as a fan of the game and a supporter of New Zealand cricket or cricket in New Zealand, I should say. Of course I want to see Trent Bowl playing test cricket on New Zealand soil. He is our best bowler. There is no question about that. Um, and, of course, I want to see him lining up against England. I'm going to try and present an impartial argument here, OK, because I don't think people fully appreciate the, the floodgates would just come bursting down. And, and I think it, the precedent that is set by allowing Trent to then play test cricket would be... I don't think they would ever get it back. And I'll try and explain why, right? A lot of this is to do... Like, Trent has gone from essentially being... I'll try and put this in terms that everyone can relate to, right? So when you're a, when you're a contracted, centralised contracted player, you are essentially like a full-time employee, OK? But Trent has decided to become a freelancer. Now, we all know that with that, the, the, char- the, the, or the rate, I suppose, that you can charge for your work is completely different, and it is and it is based on a completely different set of rules. So, for example, every player that's going to play Test cricket for New Zealand today, they earn a match fee for that Test match, which is complementary to their base salary. Now, Trent doesn't have that. So, what's the negotiation? If Gar- Gary Stead calls up Trent and says, "Hey, we'd love you to play cricket for New Zealand," Trent's not going to be asking for his usual match fee that he's had um, as a fully contracted player he's going to be in a position to negotiate a completely different fee to every other player. Now, that could be as much as, I don't know, potentially three times what a match fee might be for any other player who's who's playing today. Now, what sort of, what does that do to the dressing room? Knowing if you knew that Trent Bolt was being paid three three times as much as you were, for example, uh, for, for doing exactly the same work, what are you going to do? And what are you going to think? You're going to think, what's the point in me doing this? If I'm good enough to play for New Zealand, then I should just do what Trent does and go around the world earning, earning, earning top dollar playing um, a shorter version of cricket um, and not having to have the same sort of, I suppose, restrictions that are placed on you as a contracted player. So, this, yeah, I don't think people fully appreciate the precedent that would be set by, by just taking the easy option, and it would be the easy option, and picking Trent Bolt in this instance. Again, can't stress enough, like, I'm a, I would love to see Trent Bolt playing cricket, but I think there has to be a ramification for choosing the path that he has taken. 
Congratulations, Andrew Gordy. You've managed to sandpaper off the sharp edges I had on the chopping block I had ready for the uh, New Zealand cricket. Um, you've made a bit of sense there. You've made a bit of sense. Uh, very quickly, we're running out of time. I'll skip Super Rugby because that's done to death. The Breakers, though. Uh, Jamie, the Breakers, are you are you on board with them? Um, does it matter to you if they win or not? How important is this season for them and their fans? Um, yeah, just before that, I just obviously agree with what Andrew just said about the um, about Bolt and everything. And I think one one thing that we really need to kind of keep in the back of our minds here is how this situation is going to affect women's cricket as well, because mm. we've already seen a massive influx of money into that sport as a result of, I guess, the gambling market that exists around cricket now and, and how that controls it. And I think that um, given the lack of sort of pay uh, parity that's existed in women's sport just in general. Um, this is going to affect that a lot more, given that the White Ferns uh, have always kind of been based around two or three, you know, outstanding players, and the rest are kind of making up numbers. If you take those players out, it's going to really, really harm that team. Anyway, sorry, the the Breakers, yes, uh, absolutely on board with it. Um, I think I've always been a big fan of the concept of them and the fact that they are a team that uh, is doing it the right way in an Australian professional league. Um, you know, I've obviously been successful in the past. The last few years have obviously been an incredible struggle um, for this side. And sport is all about redemption stories. You know, like they've fallen from grace, I guess you could say. Um, they've had their issues uh, off the court. Um, you know, there's always something to talk about these guys. They've, they've, <laughs> their um, <clears throat> uh, uh, PR department certainly uh, isn't shy about uh, making that happen. Um, you know, I, I think that people, <laughs> people are... Um, uh, uh, always go and watch them play. They have a very loyal fan base. And, um, yeah, I hope that they can get this series done against the Jack Jumpers, who have also been a pretty good um, addition to the league. Uh, you know, and I think that it's um, people don't really appreciate just how high a level um, that the AMBL um, actually is and what the Breakers are, are achieving in that. So well done to them this season. And, um, you know, if they can... Get, their, get some more decent players on their books, um, we can be looking at another sort of run of, good few years of run of, of success for them. Mm, yeah, I'm excited for it uh, tonight. Gords, uh, where do you sit with the Breakers? Yeah, I've got high hopes for these guys. I mean, I fully expect them to, to do the job uh, tonight and, and, and advance. Um, and from there, you know, it's, if you... If you get into the big dance, anything can happen, right? So, and they deserve it. I really, I really admire, especially Modi Maor. I think that guy has had a uh, almost, I'd describe a transformational effect on on that club and that team. Um, I love the way he goes about his business. I love the way he conducts himself. Um, so that guy in particular, I think, deserves uh, every ounce of success that comes his way. And, and I think the players, uh, like you touched on, Jamie, deserve enormous respect. Uh, for what they've been through over the last uh, couple of years in particular. And I think now that they've been somewhat on a, on a more level footing, let's say, with, with some of the other teams in this competition, um, I think they're showing what they're capable of. So, yeah, certainly um, on the breakers' bandwagon, so to speak. And, look, they're a club that's been without success or the sort of success that I suppose breakers fans have been used to uh, in previous years for, for some time now. So, yeah, it'd be good to see them, uh, I suppose, back in their rightful place, at least contesting the title in a in an NBL grand final. Let's hope it happens. Andrew Gordy, Jamie Wall, really appreciate your time today on SCNZ. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Cheers, mate. Cheers, boys.